Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Yes, for many people, it is a holiday of vacation, but at one rental at a time, our experts don't know what day it is. We just come, keep delivering value. And on Mondays, that starts with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Good to see you. Nice to see you as well. So I remember, what was it, about a year ago, maybe 14 months ago, you actually got a chance to interview Grant Cardone. Uh, you and him run in some of the same circles, have some of the same friends. So that was a great interview. Uh, people don't know yeah. what it is. I'll find the link and put it below, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That all started with a discussion on, you know, Grant wanted to get to $10 billion in assets under management. So I, you know, collaborated with him and his team uh, and put together a little business plan for them to get to 10 billion and what that looked like and, you know, what kind of capital they needed to be raising, what kind of deals that needed to be taken down. You know, nothing he didn't know, but it was just, you know, one of those discussions, you know, hey, is this a reality? Because, you know, there was an interview that he did one time, you know, or a video, and it's probably still out there where he was talking about a billion dollar transaction. Yeah. And it kind of stopped him in his tracks. He's like, well, wait a minute, can I, how do I do a billion dollars? I mean, how much do I need to raise? And, I, yeah. you know, so that's where the discussion was spurred from. It was like, well, you know, you need to be able to take that down yeah. if you want to get to 10 billion. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he just closed, I think he closed at the end of December, 978 million dollar deal. Like, year? No, it was one transaction. It was like four maybe five apartments in in uh, Fort Lauderdale or somewhere. Again, I don't know. I was following on social media, but it sounds like he may have done the deal. So pretty cool. Yeah, it was a multi-property um, portfolio acquisition. I can't remember what the total dollar amount was, but yeah, it's the biggest deal of his, of his yeah. career so far. Very cool. It's fun, to, it's fun to see, you know, again, you interviewed him 12, 14 months ago, whatever it was, to see that now come out. So uh, it, it's amazing having you be a part of this channel. So uh, I, I appreciate you. Uh, for that. Yeah, yeah, I want, absolutely. What I wanted to ask you about is, uh, so he just bought this nice new pad in Florida. And um, as you may recall, he left California kind of like with the big middle finger, like I'm never coming back. Taxes are too high, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out he really likes the weather. And he just dropped 40 million on a beach house in Malibu, California. Did you hear about this? No, no, I didn't. I didn't know about that, you know, and, and I know he relocated his business. So I think he left California from a business and, a, you know, headquarters standpoint, mm -hmm. but he still goes back to the West Coast a lot and rents and things like that. So I think he's been hunting for a while waiting for the right property to show up after after he sold his house, which, you know, is what he took the profits from and reinvested in multifamily. And that kind of helped yeah. you know, him grow and scale there. Uh, selling his house that he had, I think it was in Malibu or yeah, I think it was in Malibu. The first one he sold yeah. made 40 million on or something, or it was $40 yeah. million house. Yeah. He made, yeah, he made, I, he made eight figures. I remember that. I don't yeah. remember if it was 20 or 30 or whatever. Yeah, it was a $40 but, million dollar house, but he made like, you know, yeah, I think he made like eight or 10 million off yeah, of it. And exactly. Ended up, uh, yeah. And he had a, you know, in that video we were talking about and he did the other day, we'll get into with Robert Kiyosaki. I can't remember if it was in that video or he was talking to somebody else you know, the guy that he sold that house to, you know, keeps giving him a hard time saying, man, you sold it too cheap. It, it's worth <laughs> twice as much now. And Grant's like, dude, I took that money that I made on that. And I've got $4 billion worth of real estate. Now. Exactly. I won. <laughs> yeah. What I wanted to talk about here is a, I've actually found an article from the wall street journal that has a bunch of pictures. So I think it's fun to look at what $40 million will buy you, but really want to talk about the whole idea. Not of much in Malibu. That's like a little shanty. <laughs> well, we'll see in a minute because it's pretty nice. Yeah. But but the whole idea was I wanted to really have that conversation about he he's pretty big and don't buy your house, don't buy a home, rent, you know, build your stake. And now he's out buying a home. We actually covered that in the Wall Street Journal article. Um, but I think I think it's um 
I think it's an important conversation. You brought up a video I haven't seen yet against Grant and Robert Kiyosaki, basically where Robert was like tense with him. Why don't you talk about that before we look at what $40 million to buy? Yeah, they brought Grant Cardone on their channel, you know, know, four weeks ago. So if you go look at uh, the Rich Dad YouTube channel, you'll see the interview, you know, about three or four weeks ago with Grant, Mm -hmm. um, Robert Kiyosaki and Kim Kiyosaki. And they Hmm. they were just talking about real estate, how you get started and, you know, what advice Grant has for people getting started. And Grant's like, you know, go buy a deal like I just bought this $270 million deal behind me, you know, get start out with 250 units and things like that. And Robert Kiyosaki got a little annoyed with him and said that he was disrespecting his audience because they're trying to help people get started. He said, you know, people can't start at your level. They can't start with 250. And Grant's argument was, sure you can. You know, if you partner with people like me (laughs) or other people, you can start out at 250. Now, here's the thing. So, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and Rich Dad Poor Dad was the catalyst that launched my investment business, entrepreneurial investment career. Without reading that book, I don't know that I would have done what I was able to do especially as fast. And again, I wanted to be rich dad, build businesses to invest, you know, to create cash flow, to invest in other assets, grow and scale from there. Uh, what's interesting is, you know, Robert Kiyostaki still had, he still doesn't have the rich dad mentality mm. because he and Kim talked the whole time, you know, and one of the conversations they had was, well, how do you even manage a property? You know, once you grow and scale, And Kim's philosophy and Robert's philosophy is if you don't do it yourself, if you don't self-manage yourself, you can't learn the business. The only Mm. way to grow, the only way to really, you know, be successful is you have to actually do it yourself to learn, you know, the ropes. And and what's interesting, you know, um, what Grant talked about a little bit was, you know, obviously third-party property management. You Mm -hmm. know, when you buy a bigger asset, you know, the management's built in. It's already there. And, you know, they, they disagreed on that front. And, you know, I'm going to have to say that I think, you know, Robert and Kim are very old school from mm-hmm. the standpoint of what they teach and the philosophies of how to get started. And it's great for some people because there's a lot of people that want to be hands-on. They want to do everything themselves. Mm-hmm. But if you want to grow and scale and if you want to do bigger assets, you absolutely do not want to manage yourself. And that what they are saying and teaching is actually wrong and it's actually old school, mm-hmm. you know. And they're and even now, I mean, they're partnered with Ken McElroy, and they're doing you know bigger deals and stuff. And you know, Ken he may have his own property management division, but it's a separate you know kind of entity, kind of a company thing, you know. But to tell people that you have to absolutely manage property yourself so you can learn and mm-hmm. understand this, that, and the other, that's just that's just wrong. You know, what you want to do is you want to manage the asset, you want to manage the managers, mm-hmm. you want to leverage if you want to grow and scale. Now, there's absolutely nothing wrong with starting out small and, you know, managing your own properties and do it if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But if you want to grow and you want to scale, you've got to leverage the talent and expertise of others and you learn from them. So mm-hmm. you can absolutely learn the business by managing a manager. You don't have to do it yourself to know it. So that was an interesting conversation they had. Yeah, I'm going to go find that and probably uh, put it on while I go for a run or something because uh, I missed that entirely. Would it be, it, it, it really does, they, they strike me it strikes me as probably it had to be a tense conversation, just knowing where both parties come from, right? And the both both their talk tracks. So you're right. One is more, you know, hey, we're focused on mom and pop, and this one is focused on being a money magnet and you know doing bigger things. So that's going to be an interesting. Conversation. Well, and you know, Robert Kiyosaki's made more money on his business, yeah, you know, his educational business than yeah. he has investing in property. So he's he's not really a sophisticated real estate investor or developer by any means. Yeah. They've done well, but they're very limited in their understanding and their expertise. Grant's on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Robert's point was, hey, this is my audience. I want you to educate my yeah. audience That's fair. You know, to how they can get started. Grant's like, look, man, this is how I started. 
this is what I did. You know, I started with, you know, 12 units, 30 units or whatever it was, 30 unit building. And then, you know, I grew, I grew and scaled from there. And I'm just telling you, and I would agree. And this is what I tell a lot of people. He could have skipped all of that early stuff and just started big because there is capital out there. If you know how to, you know, understand, you know, the opportunities, where to find the properties, how to raise the capital, you know, how to bring other people to the table to get these bigger deals done. Mm-hmm. You know, you need somebody that can, you know, guarantee the, the loan. You need, you know, the capital to take it down, the down payment. But at the end of the day, bigger loans are easier to do because, the, you know, the banks want to put their money in those types of assets. And, you know, they'll do all of the underwriting and the evaluation for you to make sure that the deal works. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's just a different game. And same thing here, you know, if I would have known now what I know now back when I got started, you know, I could have easily, you know, done 10 times more than what I did. I just didn't know. And neither did Grant when he started. Now he's realizing it going, man, he's finally starting to do the bigger deals now, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's so interesting because again, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, we've talked about this, I don't know, a dozen times. You read it, want to be Rich Dad. I still sit here, having spoken to you for probably two and a half years, I still am Robert and Kim, right? I still have that mindset. I still have that go take my thing, manage my thing. And it, it's fun. I mean, it's, I mean. It's, and that's okay. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. You know, the thing that, that really struck me was, you know, Robert wasn't being fair to, you know, Grant in terms of the business model. Grant was just talking about what he did and how it works. Yeah. But yes, you can absolutely start big. Yeah. And then, you know, Robert was right as well. There's nothing, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with starting small two plexes, yep. duplexes, you know, six pluses. Yep. I, I think that's what they teach because there's a lot of people out there that just, there's just no way they can start at 250 units. They just right. can't, right. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but what they can do is a house or a duplex yeah. or a quad or, you know, something like that. And, and that's great as well, but it was really funny. Yeah. He just jumped right in and said, great, you're disrespecting my audience. You yeah. know, they, they can't do what you're doing. That's amazing. Well, hey, I want to show you this because I just thought it was fun giving you and Grant running the same circles. Uh, I found this picture. And this is what uh, 40 million buys you in, uh, I guess, on Carbon Beach. Mm-hmm. So it's a 9,000 square foot pad. It looks like it's even got grass on the side, which I'm sure is not pretty hard to grow. And I guess it's elevated. Yeah. And I was just kidding, by the way, about a 40, 40 yeah. million dollar shanty. You know, if you have 10 to 40 million in Malibu, you can do pretty good. Yeah, you can do pretty good. Absolutely. So uh, I guess what else? So again, some pictures here. What I wanted to talk about um, is he first saw this, I guess, after he was decompressing from Undercover Billionaire. I guess the show put him in uh, on Malibu Beach to like decompress after filming that 90 days. Have you ever seen Undercover Billionaire? Yes, I have. I've seen, uh, I haven't watched all of his episode, but I mm-hmm. saw the first initial one. And yeah, it's a neat show. It's, it's very interesting. Yeah. What I wanted to do is get down to the bottom here. Now he didn't like, you know, so he talked about that too, not yep. with Robert Kiyosaki, but with somebody else, another interview he did where he talked about, you know, he was hesitant because of the title, mm-hmm. you know, he, because yep. he's not a billionaire and he wasn't, you know, at right. the time when he did the show and it's undercover billionaire and they're like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's good anyways. And, you know, even now with the assets under management, and all his company stuff, he still is not, you know, uh, he still does not have a net worth over a billion dollars. Yeah. So here's the back to the real estate. What does he own? Here we go. So he sold his LA home uh, for 18 million. Uh, he, he left because of California's tax policy. Obviously, he actually owned Lionel Richie's house. That was mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. And he just dropped 28 million on a Miami home. That's the uh, uh, was it Hillfigure? Yeah, Tommy Hillfigure's yeah. pad. Um, but I want to get down to where he says he's going to get some uh, heat from his. Uh, Oh, he's right here. He says, I'm going to get bashed. 
<laughs> uh, but hey, can I come out and stay for the weekend? This is basically, he's been preaching, don't buy a home, don't buy a home. Right, right here, it says, one of the downsides of his Malibu purchase, he said, is that some of his social media followers might accuse him of hypocrisy since he frequently advises, don't buy a home. It's always a wise investment. It isn't, oh, isn't always a wise investment. This is different because he got a good deal, right? This house was listed at 65. He bought it for 40. He thinks he's going to make 20 million. But let's be clear. When you got enough cash like this, you can go buy whatever the hell you want. This is this is not Grant's advice of don't buy a home rent. It's 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 kind of funny if people are going to pick on him for for buying. Yeah, this. flipping 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 the multi million dollar houses. So you know that's yeah. all well and good while you know times are good. But you know the problem is with what's getting ready to come down the pike with the Fed policy that's going to have to change. You know those those high end real estate markets change fast, and you can't yeah. give those houses away, much less you know make any money on them which was kind of his problem, you know, back the first time. I'm, yeah, um, I'm glad you brought you know, this with up. that first half. But anyways, um, what's interesting is he talked, he talked about that. There's another interview I saw with him and, and somebody else where he was talking about those scenarios and, and, you know, his whole philosophy of rent where you live, you know, don't buy a house. And, you know, he qualified it with that when you're getting started, you know, yes. like when you're young, you're getting started, you know, rent where you live, take all the money you have and invest it in other assets versus buying a house, sinking that down payment into it and all that, you know, because generally that's not a winning equation in the short term, you know, less than five to seven years. Generally, the rule has always been if you're going to stay somewhere more than five or seven years, you're better off buying, you know, but as we know, real estate moves in cycles. Yes. So that's not always right. If you'd have bought the peak of 2009 or 10, it took you 11 years before yes. you got back to even. Absolutely. You know, so you, you, your equity was gone, you know, and, and negative for a long time. You know, if you bought four years ago, three years ago, I mean, you've gained 30, 40%, potentially maybe even double in some yeah. markets. Yeah, some you markets know, have so, doubled. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we know as, as soon as interest rates go up and, you know, uh, Fed policy changes, liquidity dries up, you know, the market's going to go the other way. And mm -hmm. so it's all cyclical. But at the end of the day, that's what he was, that's what he was basically talking about. And, you know, for some people, renting makes a lot more sense than yeah. buying and owning. For other people, buying and owning makes more sense. At the end of the day, you have to live somewhere. Mm -hmm. And you and I talked about it. My mom just exited her house that, you know, they've owned a house for, you know, 60 years. And that that became, at this stage in her life, that's her little nest egg. She paid the house off. She was able to exit it at the peak of the market. She put a nice little chunk of cash in, in the bank because they had a lot of equity in it. And for her, it was a great savings plan. Yeah. Now, if you go back and do the math of what they put down, what they spent on it, taxes, insurance, maintenance, you know, uh, all of that, and then subtracted a rent delta that they would have paid in rent, you know, and taken that extra money and reinvested it, they would have done better by mm -hmm. renting, you know, but it was a forced savings plan. So, you know, it worked out really well. And her parents before them, same thing. They owned yeah. the house, they owned it outright, ended up, you know, selling it for 10x what they bought it for, you know? Yeah. Uh, but those what? deltas are getting less and less as time goes on. Yeah. You know, like and her parents bought their house for, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000 and sold it for, you know, 200, hmm. you know, something like that after 60 or 70 years. Well, yeah. you know, my parents had owned houses for 60 or 70 years and wasn't quite that good. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about the Fed in the next episode because there's some definitely some questions um, that I want to ask you about that. But when we, when we, we close out this grant conversation, I think there's a couple of things. Uh, trying to tie it back to my audience. One of the things that I'm now starting to appreciate that I never even knew was a thing was house hacking. Mm -hmm. I have, I've on my channel, I have a couple of experts who, uh, who house hack like literally roommates, right? They're in their twenties and they actually have roommates. They can live for free. 
uh, other experts I have on the channel, house hack fourplexes and duplexes. These are ways you can kind of split the difference, right? You go get owner-occupied loans, which are cheap. You don't have 15, 20% down. You got three and a half percent down first-time buyer. And then you have, ten, you have tenants or roommates, depending on how you want to look at it, that help sort of carry the mortgage. So I think there's a way you split the middle if that's where you are in your life. So yeah, house hacking can be done with mixed use where you have commercial and multifamily. Maybe it's residential above, commercial below. Yeah. You can still, you know, house hack that. There's VA loans that you can house hack, you know, multifamily properties with, you know, as long as it's under five units. Mm -hmm. um, from a commercial standpoint, you know, uh, you can commercial hack where you build a strip center and your business is in one of them and you rent the rest of them out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all those types of things. But yeah, hacking has been around for a long time. It's just one of those little buzzwords yeah, new terms. You know, that, that's, <laughs> that's come around recently. And now with Airbnb, you know, um, in, in the ADUs like you're doing, you know, yep. when you have your main house and you, you know, you rent something out in the backyard or I've done it with, you know, I had a horse farm and, you know, we had a barn with an apartment above it. And, you know, uh, when there wasn't like a groom or somebody staying in it, we'd rent it out, you know, you so go. you can house hack a horse farm. I mean, yeah. you can, you can house hack all kinds of things. Yeah. It's great stuff. I appreciate this conversation. Uh, how can people find you? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. That's where all my info is. YouTube podcast. Go check it out. Very cool. Thank you very much, bud.